Hi, my name is Lucy Harris, and I co-lead the Digital Public Goods Alliance, a multi-stakeholder initiative from the governments of Norway, Sierra Leone, Germany, the Indian think tank iSpirit, UNDP, and UNICEF. I'd like to start my provocation today with a story. So in Sri Lanka, the first suspected case of COVID-19 was registered on January 27th, 2020. And realizing that travelers were still pouring into the country as a popular tourist destination, immediately local developers got to work to build a COVID-19 tracker. The idea was this would focus on the registration and tracking of travelers arriving from regions with a high risk of COVID-19 infection. It was created within two days of that first registered case and deployed at Sri Lanka's airports just days later. Now, the reason this was so successful and they were able to move so quickly is that they weren't building this tracker on its own. They were building it on top of a system called DHIS2, which is an open source health information management system uh, and also a digital public good that was already in use in Sri Lanka. So the speed and efficiency with which they were able to respond was not the most impressive part. Because they were building on top of an open source solution already being used in countries around the world to manage their health data, it meant that when Sri Lanka shared their user guide for this tracker with the response team, it was able to be rapidly implemented in a further 38 countries, including many in the global south. So why is that cool? It's not just a great piece of health sector technology being driven by data. It was more because it was being built as part of an open source project that could be modified when the problem was spotted, adapted to fit new circumstances and shared back with a global community of others who are already using and building on that solution to solve the same problem. Uh, it could expand very rapidly. And I think this is a great demonstration of how having access to open data and open technology itself doesn't solve problems, but it can be used by societies to solve them. And the way that those solutions are designed and developed really matters. So it's not just that these technologies and this data is open, but it's how it's uh, designed and developed. And that's not a new concept, but there's been a kind of growing focus on the idea of uh, this is digital public goods, largely driven by a recognition that the process of digital transformation needs access to open data and effective, adoptable open tools. So in 2019 and the Roadmap for Digital Cooperation, the UN Secretary General defined digital public goods as open source software, open data, open AI models, and open standards, as well as open content that also adheres to privacy, other applicable laws, standards, best practices, and is designed to do no harm. Recognizing this potential of digital public goods, uh, the UN Secretary General also said that all actors, including member states, the UN system, private sector, and other stakeholders should be promoting these open source solutions that adhere to privacy laws, best practices. And I think when we think about this concept of digital public goods, which is at the heart of uh, what we do at the DPGA, it's helpful to think of it in the context of digital public infrastructure because it's so crucial for rapidly enabling countries and stakeholders to address global challenges like the COVID-19 pandemic. So digital public infrastructure doesn't have a single definition, but uh, when we talk about it, we're thinking of the implementation of digital solutions to enable basic but widely useful societal functions that cross all sectors. I think DPGs in the context of a country's infrastructure is particularly appealing because it is 
open source solutions, they can be freely adopted and adapted and ultimately help countries avoid lock-in to less agile proprietary solutions. Choosing to use open source digital public goods means that countries have the agency, autonomy, and strategic planning capabilities needed to achieve and maintain their digital sovereignty, while also benefiting from collaboration and new opportunities for shared learning and development. Going back to that story at the beginning, Sri Lanka was able to develop a new tracker in days because they were building off of an open source solution. But shortly after the tracker was released, they also adopted an open source digital platform for vaccination credentialing that was developed in India called Divoc. And they were able to adopt and adapt this additional solution so quickly because both Divoc and DHIS2 are highly interoperable because they're open source digital public goods. And that experience of quickly connecting these two solutions that helped many other countries seeking similar solutions. So examples like Sri Lanka uh, signal how building digital public infrastructure with digital public goods can help shift the development cooperation status quo with countries driving their own digitization solutions to strengthen their public sectors. Bringing this to the vernacular of the fourth industrial revolution, it is upon us. And this next wave of digitization could either create opportunities for millions to become the builders, maintainers, and creators of their own digital lives, or even more deeply divide the world. Uh, we believe that digital solutions must retain the ethos of the internet that powers them. So core solutions, including software, content, data, AI models, and standards that have the potential to shape society need to remain free, open, and accessible as digital public goods. For all this, digital public goods don't exist without challenges, and I expect we'll get into some of those in discussion. There's a need to navigate between openness and privacy, uh, collaboration and independence, uh, and to acknowledge the vast support needed to make open data DPGs truly accessible and sustainable. So my provocation here uh, picks up on, I think, many of the themes in the previous discussion about what are the risks of relying on proprietary digital public infrastructure for the fourth industrial revolution? And how might global south or developing countries lead the way towards a fourth industrial revolution that reduces rather than increases the digital divide? And what is the role that digital public goods uh, should play in this? Mm -hmm.